Great guest on the Business of Sports this week, Don Yee, the agent to a guy named Tom Brady, longtime agent, now leading a new effort to start a new pro sports football league. It's going to compete with college football, in my opinion, more than pro football. We'll talk about it in a second. First, a word from Harry's. You know, for decades, it's been one big razor company increasing prices, getting their profits at the expense of customers. So two ordinary guys, Jeff and Andy, they were fed up getting ripped off. They started Harry's. They take less profit. They sell direct to consumer of the Internet. They offer their blades at half the price, $2 a blade, compared to the $4 you pay at the drugstore. I use it. Close, comfortable shave. Never cuts. The aftershave smells great. Always a good shave. So right now, they're so confident in the quality of their blades, they want you to try for free. You heard that right. Just cover shipping when you sign up. As a special offer for fans of the show, you go to harrys.com right now. Enter code SPORTS, all caps, SPORTS, S-P-O-R-T-S, at checkout. You get a post-shave balm for free as well. That's harrys.com, code SPORTS. Contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Welcome to a special edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I've got an old friend and someone I've admired for a long time that... Now is starting a new venture that's really exciting. I want to talk about it. Welcome Don Yee, longtime agent, agent to Tom Brady is how a lot of people you know him. But now he is starting with a lot of other impressive people, the Pac Pro Football League for players directly out of high school, a new venture that's going to sort of shake up things, in my opinion, on where we are with football. Don, great to have you. Good to talk to you after a while. Oh, always good to be on with you, Andrew, and it's good to hear your voice again. Yeah, likewise, and uh, we've got somewhat of a similar path. I'm both lawyers, both in the agent world, I jumped to the team side before getting in mm-hmm. on the media, but uh, I remember comparing notes with you on so many things. Sure. You have rings, I don't, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> now just around my eyes, that's all good. <laughs> But this is such a neat venture, and I can tell without even talking to you that this is probably something that had been in the works for a while, kind of a a void maybe out there. Uh, I'll just sort of leave you a blank canvas before I say this. To me, there have been two ways to play professional football in this country for the NFL with the average salary of, you know, close to $2 million, or for I don't know what the other answer is. Uh, so we have amateur football through the colleges, and you're talking about a third alternative. So I'll let you discuss it. Yeah, no, it's uh, been something I've been thinking about, Andrew, for a long time, actually. And, you know, on my own, just kind of tucking away in the deep recesses of my brain, all that, a lot of information, you know, I've gathered from talking to people like yourself, executives and scouts, officials, um, coaches, and, you know, when I really did some due diligence in the sports industry outside of the football world, it was very clear to me that almost every other major sport uh, globally, not just domestically, has some type of professional path for emerging talent. And so you see it with junior hockey mm-hmm. leagues, you see it with minor league baseball, you know, you see it in golf where you've got uh, the number one player in women's golf was winning tournaments at starting at age 14. Right. Jordan Spieth drops out of the University of Texas after his freshman year. And uh, 
wins a couple majors right away, you know, and so, and then you've got the entire soccer uh, ecosystem where they've got under 19 leagues and things like that. And so when I did the due diligence from other sports, it was very clear to me American football was the only outlier. And so for a long time, as you just described, many decades, um, football players, emerging talent that wanted to eventually play professionally would have to wait a long time when they really only had one path. And so with Pac-Pro football, what we were trying to do is give emerging talent an alternative, a choice. And so that's, uh, and as you also know, when I'm, you know, when you're looking at the game of football now, the amateur game and the professional game, the techniques required and the style of the game, they're very different. And so what we intend to do is try to develop players in the professional style of game and start them a little earlier with professional practice protocols, techniques, and style of play. And explain how you see that differently than, let's just call it, you know, without making it the elephant in the room, the NCAA level of football. And if you're looking at this as a different model to that, maybe you can expound on what you're saying, the pro style of football versus amateur slash college. Sure. You know, what I see uh, out there and what's transpired, particularly over the last, say, 10 years, and maybe even a little bit longer than that, is the college game has become a little closer to some degree, um, like a seven-on-seven league to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, much more passing, wide-open offensive formations. The timing of the game is different, where the clock stops after every first down. It's not uncommon for scores to be in the 50s or 60s. You know, not uncommon for quarterbacks to never be under center or in a huddle and call a play. And the professional style of game is actually a 180 from that. You know, the, the timing's different. The hash marks are different. The size of the ball is different. What's expected from each position is different. And it's less of a scheme game that I see in college. And as you know, in the NFL, it's very much focused on matchups, one-on-one matchups oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And so we feel that Pac Pro football might serve as a useful bridge for players who have ambition to play beyond Pac Pro to learn professional protocols earlier. And you're talking you mentioned earlier in the first answer about your your base of players. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Eighteen to twenty one People that the, would yeah, be bypassing, the, uh, bypassing NCAA scholarships or maybe not able to get not them? Necessarily, okay. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. We see is, uh, you know, the, the guidelines for us will be players four years or less removed from their high school graduation date. And um, so what we see, the, the potential pools are there may be some players directly from high school. We may have players who are playing community college football but are, are really good players and actually being evaluated for major Division One scholarships. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those players, Andrew, actually, they take out student loans, federal student loans, in order to play community college football. So they're going in the hole just to do that. Um, another pool of players might be players currently on Division One 
rosters but are not playing, seeing the field for one reason or another, not developing. Another pool might be those players on Division One rosters who actually have played and played really well as freshmen or sophomores and have only one or two years to wait before they're eligible for the NFL and maybe they would want to play for Pac-Pro for one year, mm-hmm. play for a salary, learn professional techniques, start marketing themselves right away and even create a 401k for themselves right away. And then there's an international pool of players. We're actually getting inquiries from hmm. young athletes in Australia, Germany, where American, the sport of American football is growing in popularity. And as you know, the Vikings drafted a player directly from Germany this past year, the first time ever. So that's kind of, that's the mix that we see. And uh, we feel that it'll be a combination of these types of players. And you said due diligence and and you have an impressive team around you, names like Jim Steak, all the people I know well, and Mm -hmm. Brad Edwards and... uh, I think John Chung is with you. Mm-hmm. Adams on the board. Adam Schefter, Mike Pereira. When mm-hmm. you say the due diligence, is it is it searching out whether there would be interest from content providers, whether there'd be interest from, uh, I guess, the marketplace, whether yes. the marketplace would would demand maybe mm-hmm. that's too strong a word, mm-hmm. this type of football in the off season. Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, yeah, that. All of that was part of the process, and what we've found thus far is that, you know, we now live in a media universe where there are more potential content distributors than ever. Right. And still, you know, notwithstanding a lot of the stories regarding the NFL ratings this year, notwithstanding that, American football in this country still is a behemoth when it comes to fan interest and passion. Now, with this growing universe of content distributors, though, live game programming actually isn't available to them because those properties are currently locked up under long-term contracts. Hmm. And so if you are an emerging content distributor, not just a broadcast network, you know, you could be an Amazon or a Netflix or uh, Hulu you know, if you want live game programming, it's really not accessible right now. And so we feel that we will add to the inventory uh, for potential content distributors. And the same thing goes for sponsors. Uh, what we have found is, you know, what's great about this country is that you can be an entrepreneur and now is a great time more than any other time in American history with technology, right? And there are a lot of sponsors actually out there in all different sectors that would like to partner with a football product. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are emerging so that the barrier to entry to an NCAA or NFL product might be a little too high for them. And so we feel that we can serve that market as well. And when you talk about the, let's talk a little bit about the business model. You're going to sure. get, and you're, I'm familiar with this from my time in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, World League, when I was yes. Barcelona Dragons, the single yes. entity formula. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that the plan to have single entity, not team owners, but centrally owned and pay the players out of the fund that's the league fund central? Yes. All uh, PacPro players will be employees of a single entity C-Corp. And instead of having a draft, we will actually uh, scout players, determine if we want to make an employment offer. They'll have to interview, uh, show that they can be good employees. And then when we make the employment offer, they'll be employees of the league. And then what we'll do, the plan is, and things are on this end are a little fluid until we get some of all of our football people together in one room, but the plan would be to allocate them on a base on the basis of several variables with competitiveness, you know, competitive balance being one of the central mm-hmm. ones. So no team owners, no team owners. And I read 50,000 per player. Does that include, you were talking about a 401k plan? It, it would be, we're projecting, an average uh, compensation package salary and benefits of $50,000. And the 401k plan, that is still being under consideration. But as you know, each player, they are able to, on their own, mm-hmm. open up their own IRA. And um, every individual can, and you can put away, I think the limit now is about $18,000 per year tax-free into your own IRA. And we even ran some simple calculations as to what would happen if a player played in our league just two years and put away $10,000 each year into a 401k, never touched it again until age 60, and it grew at 4% from age 20 to age 60. And it was a pretty staggering number, actually, (laughs) at the end, which they would have as a very good head start in their retirement. All contracts the same, like we had in the World League? I mean, basically, numbers the same, the boilerplate is the same? No, I think what we're going to do is go with the free market model on that, Andrew. And the plan would be to assess each potential player-employee on their own merits because they all come from different places and, and present themselves differently. So, for example, if there were a college sophomore who's played two years in college at a high level has really done very, very well, has really developed significant name recognition. That person might get a different employment offer from us. But would there be a team, and this is probably not the word you want to use, but would there be a team cap? So if you're going to average 50, but you go out of the way for the special player, is that mean the players take less? And how does that work? Sure. There will not be any official team cap. I think, you know, just as any business, we'd operate with an overall budget for the entire league, right? And, um, you know, I have a nominal salary right now, Andrew, of zero. So I think that helps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that helps. That cuts expenses, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and what about funding? I know you're limited what you can say with SEC sure. rules, but is it – you have angel funding already. Are you going yes. to the venture market? And maybe you mentioned content distributors as potential mm-hmm. partners. We've uh, we've already closed an angel round. Okay. Uh, we already have commenced. Uh, we we've we've had a con- we've had conversations with potential investors already. I can't due to SEC rules make any quote unquote forward looking statements, 
but all of the avenues you've discussed, we've had preliminary conversations already with content distributors as well as sponsors and the traditional revenue stream uh, um, entities. And we're talking 2018, all based around LA, four teams, eight weeks. Is that all correct? Yes, we're talking July 2018, commence with uh, our inaugural season. We intend to conclude an eight-game schedule prior to the beginning of college football and the NFL schedule. Teams will be located probably one in San Diego County, one in Orange County, and either two in L.A. County or one in L.A. County and perhaps one in Ventura or Riverside County. Now, obviously, this would be a... a wear and tear issue as well, but theoretically, yes. could mm-hmm. these players go on to play in the NFL after your league? And sure. I was, I was going to ask in college, but they'd mm-hmm. be professionals, so wouldn't they be excluded from that? Right, right. Absolutely. They could so they, go couldn't on do, and... they couldn't do NCAA ball after... That's correct. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it would have to be, you know, for a player to consider us they would have to understand all the ramifications of that decision as it pertains to any NCAA eligibility. Right. I'm trying to think of an example. I mean, this year we had uh, McCaffrey unbiased as a Stanford grad mm-hmm. uh, and Fournette bypass the bowl games, get ready mm-hmm. for the draft, but that would not be something where they would need. But I'm thinking of, uh, would this be a situation like a, if if a Fournette or Ezekiel Elliott two years mm-hmm. ago, sure, where limited can't come out till three years removed from high school, mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. this be an alternative? And I know Ohio State LSU yes. fans are angry hearing this yeah. question, but no, yeah, no, that that be. would absolutely be the you know we would be an option if they would like to consider us. The same thing happened. Do you remember when I think it was Terrell Pryor was suspended by Ohio State? Right. Right, and you then know, was ended up in the supplemental draft, correct? Right, you know, and so we would just be an option for them to consider. And uh, they would be able to earn a living and also be eligible for workman's comp if they happen to be injured. And they'd also be able to market themselves. And one of the primary objectives, Andrew, and as you know as a former player agent, that's really important, and I know it was important to you and it's important to me is Mm -hmm. really trying to help these players at least explore what their path might be after football. And how would you do that? Well, I think the first step, Andrew, is simply talk to them, Mm -hmm. you know, really try to understand and and let them know and listen in a non-judgmental way. Try to ascertain what other passions do they have? And also help take them on field trips. We're, you know, here in Southern California, we're blessed with a very diversified economy. Right. And I'm really interested in introducing players to a vast array of potential job paths to have them meet professionals in many different fields and have these professionals either mentor them or at least give them advice on, well, this is how I got to where I got to. And this was the path, and I'm happy to be a contact and resource for you. So, for example, you know, I've I've had players, more than one, say to me, Don, you know, I'm not a sit-behind-the-desk, nine-to-five person. 
I don't see that for myself. Right. An industry that I was always interested in, but I had no idea how to get into it, was becoming a Hollywood stuntman. Hmm. That seems interesting to me. It's a union job, but how do you get into that? What do I do? And so here in Los Angeles, that's an easy thing for us to do is to introduce them to people in that field and let them explore. I think it's really incumbent upon us as the adults to help young people, you know, really give them an opportunity to explore their passions, you know, and, and to the word, the word education for me and at PAC Pro, we're going to define it very expansively. It's going to be, there could be a traditional academic path, but there may be a vocational path hmm. or a combination of both. Really interesting. I don't want to keep you much longer, Mike. Uh, the one thing I thought about was Troy Vincent, the senior VP at the NFL, who you and I both mm -hmm. know. He's mentioned, and we've heard about this years now, this mm -hmm. developmental league with the NFL, and maybe it's in the spring, and maybe it's at mm -hmm. NFL facilities, or maybe it is based like your league, all in mm -hmm. California, all in Texas, or all in Florida. But that has come up. If mm -hmm. and when that were to happen... Mm -hmm. How much of a threat do you see that to what you're doing? Um, I don't see it as a threat, um, you know, because I believe the player population they're looking at, Andrew, are those players who've already exhausted mm -hmm. their college eligibility, and that player population would fall outside of our PAC Pro guidelines in any event. I see. Yeah, and so I, I don't really see that as a threat. I think it would be a great thing. I think. Troy's objective, and, and you've probably heard from speaking with coaches mm -hmm. and scouts in the last couple of years, you know, everyone's becoming a little alarmed at the product quality of NFL games. And so we hope Pac-Pro can help maybe in some small way enhance that product quality by having emerging players become uh, exposed to professional right. protocols much earlier. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I cover the CBA more than any sane person should, as you know. <laughs> and we talk a lot about this uh, this lack of instruction time in the offseason. It's got coaches mm -hmm. so frustrated. I always yeah. say that was a negotiation between players and owners. The coaches weren't yes. consulted. That was That's not, right. they were not a negotiating right. party to that <laughs> negotiation. That's right. Yep. So, yeah, that's interesting. And, and it sort of raises the last question, and I want to be clear mm -hmm. on this. So, sure. players cut in mm -hmm. August. Mm -hmm. The thousand plus players cut in August by the mm -hmm. 32 NFL teams. Mm -hmm. They are not your potential player base. Could, no. if a 26 year old mm -hmm. who's, who's had a cup of coffee in four training camps mm -hmm. wants to play with you, what mm -hmm. is your answer? No, that would fall outside of our guidelines, but I do feel that I believe, uh, if, you know, please correct me if I'm mistaken, but I believe that player mm -hmm. falls within the purview of this other emerging spring leagues we've heard about in the last few months. Yes. Um, and so I believe that there are a couple of other leagues that have sprung up to serve that potential player population. Yeah, and I think, again, I think what you're referring to is the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia yes. hosting mm -hmm. what seems to be more of a scout camp 
yes. people wanting to get involved, but no NFL affiliation, as I was understood with that. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And as you, as you know, we've had we've seen the practice squad concept right. grow from six to eight to ten right. players now, right? And you know, perhaps that grows. I don't know, um, but but that's not that not, that would not be our player population. So you're going to have a. I don't know if the right word is strict cutoff at age 21. Well, it's not going to be based on age. It'll just be based on, you know, years if you're four, yeah, if, yeah, how many years removed you are from high school graduation, correct? Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And is there a, uh, are these players moved on when, like if, if someone joins at age 19, mm-hmm. at age 20, sure. after two years, are they, are they cycled yeah, they, out? They would be just like in Little League when you're done with the majors, you're done with the majors. <laughs> okay. You go to the ninety foot base paths. <laughs> so you're not you're not gonna bring in any ringers that are twenty two. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don, this has been really informative and, and I wish you all the success in the world. I think it's a time it's an idea whose time has come and you've got the right people around you, including yourself and uh what a great concept. Interesting to hear about it from you. Well, it's a privilege being on with you, Andrew, and you know, as I told you earlier, all of us uh, at, at my agency here are very proud of your success. Oh, likewise. Thanks so much for that. And Thank thanks you. for being on the Business of Sports podcast. Appreciate it, Don. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.